Hi everyone, welcome to the Arseholics podcast. It's the 27th of February, Sunday night. Uh, we played a few games ago, a uh, few, di- few games ago, a few days ago on Thursday. So it's been a few days since then. Um, and we didn't record after the Brentford game. So you know, I apologise for this hiatus to all our loyal fans. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a little bit busy, but let, you know, let, let's let's get into it. I'm in a pretty good place at the moment. I've been drinking for pretty much most of the day. Um, so I'm going to try and be more entertaining than usual. Might not be intentional. It's just probably the alcohol, right? But um, Mize is with me today. Hello, Mize. Hello, Raj. You all right, mate? I'm good. Have you also been drinking today? I haven't, mate. I've not had that kind of day, unfortunately. I've had pretty much the opposite kind of day where I've uh, been doing house chores and errands and cleaning and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll try and keep it as lively as possible. (laughs) You're going to have to keep it on energy level. I'm actually still drinking out. I've got whiskey with me right now. I'm drinking, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a nice Australian whiskey. So maybe I should make this a feature of our pods, right? Oh, we should, so I should, we int- so I should introduce the whiskey that I'm drinking. So right, I'm drinking a, a whiskey called Starwood Fortis. Do you, wanna, um, do you wanna put the bottle up on? Yeah, yeah, I can put the bottle up if anyone can see this. If you, if you, if you are tuning in there, there's an interesting Australian whiskey. Um, I've never actually had Australian whiskey until until this bo- uh, this bottle, but you know, matured in in um, red wine barrels. It's actually really really nice, pretty good actually. Uh, so that's my whiskey of choice for this session. Um, you should um, you should bring a bottle to the next game, mate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we we've we've thought about that before, haven't we? Uh, yeah, it's never know. really worked out. But some people people in our group uh, coming up with bad ideas. No, it is true, like you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, in joke aside, we 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 had good cause to get absolutely hammered on Thursday night, though, didn't we? Like in, in theory, everything was, was magically set up for like a, you know, a night on, on, on the lash. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's winning in the 96th minute, beating a top four rival in a, the tightest top four chase that I can remember. It was certainly, certainly the amount of teams involved is, is so much more, I think, than, it, than it's ever been. Winning a game like that. I mean, the Emirates was absolutely magnificent on Thursday. It was amazing. It was, uh, I don't know whether it sort of, sort of felt like um, we hadn't, we hadn't played in a while. I mean, our Brentford game, was the Brentford game on the weekend? It, or we, had we had an it's extra? Like, it was, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, the, it it was, was Saturday and then Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so f- fair enough. But it, 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 it felt like you know. I think you know. Maybe maybe actually, what I'm getting at here is this feeling of the fans who are, who are in the in the games regular. I think we all desperate to get back in the stadium every week, every game. You know, it's this great energy that you feel getting into the ground and in the ground itself. I mean, this this game also it came on the back of two very very important victories, right? In the context of of our season beating Wolves away, then then following up with a win at Brentford, a team that beat us on the opening day of the season, as we as we all know. And I think I think many fans before the game, Mize, you know, when I think I think everyone's trying to be a bit cautious, sort of say, like, oh, you know, we've we've already beaten Wolves, so t- take a draw. You know, Wolves are a good side. Um but seriously, you know, before we get onto the reflections of the result itself, I think that regardless of whether there was any anxiety from the fans going into this game, the support was magnificent from the start, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And it's been like that. We've talked about it, right? It's been like that um, for pretty much the whole season. Um, even when you go back to the Chelsea game um, and you saw the fans at City away go final down, they were still singing and backing the team. And yeah, it's um, the fans have been fantastic this season. And they were, yeah, like you say, you, you put it really well. They were really, really good. We were really, really good on Thursday. Even after going 1-0 down early on, you know, um, everyone got behind the team. Um, and yeah, it was just like, the the uh, we sit in the north bank um so generally sort of 95% of the games um the second half arsenal will be attacking towards our end there's the odd game where we where the coin toss coin toss doesn't go our way um and they they switch ends but um so normally it's like us in the north bank kind of trying to suck the ball into the goal into the net as it were and 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 um trying to um push the players as much as we can and um yeah you could definitely feel it in the north bank like um the, the chance of singing the noise um and it obviously helped that we got the equalizer in what the 83rd 84th minute something like that so from that point on um uh yeah from that point on that the crowd were you know willing the team even more and, and i think i think it also helped i say it helped it didn't help in the context of the game but it helped the the crowd like the the, the passion from the crowd just because of the time wasting that Wolves were the time wasting tactics and tricks that Wolves were were trying to trying to put on and the fact that the referee um who was it I can't remember who it was now it wasn't Atwell was it no I want to say it's Martin Atkinson, Martin Atkinson someone, yeah, I think you're right, right. No, correct yeah, me. I think you're right um yeah yeah the time wasting was, was was the 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 fact that the referee didn't do anything about it sorry um just you know, again, you know, it's one of those things. It's just a typical that that typical kind of thing where the fans are then rallying behind the team even more, rallying against the referee, against the opposition. Um, so yeah, yeah, completely, um, completely agree. Like the the atmosphere, like like you said, Raj has been really, really good this season, and and was probably along with along with the North London derby. Uh, I'd probably say that was the best atmosphere atmosphere this season so far. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. And I think, like you said, the story of the game often can affect, you know, how the fans kind of go into this, I guess, ascendancy of volume and energy as the game goes on. And that's exactly what happened because, I mean, let's talk about this time-wasting thing because maybe we need to put some context around it, right? Wolves are an incredibly organized team who have been a fantastic team this season. Bruno Large, for the short time that he has been there, has built on the the foundations that Nuno had set previously and seemingly not changed too much, still made them sort of very, very hard to beat. And actually just seems in some ways to have just, just put a few small tweaks in that seem to make a really big difference. And ultimately they are incredibly defensively solid still, but seem, seem like a team who always have a plan and are always very in tune. Now it was interesting, I think, because I don't think, Wolves, because because Bruno Large and Arteta seem similar in the way that they, I reckon they would have planned this game out in their head. Mm. They would have kind of every detail. I don't think Wolves thought in a million years that they were going to go one nil up so early. And how do you think, therefore, that affected things? Because I, I, I must admit, I think reflecting on the game, conceding so early was probably the worst thing that could happen to Wolves in that game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it um, in that way. Because yeah, you're right. It probably didn't change our game plan all that much you know being the home team we absolutely had to go and try and win the game um and as you said right this you know right at the top of, of the episode um a lot of fans were not that confident i wasn't that confident i predicted a draw i think i predicted a 1-1 i thought it'd be one of those games where there wouldn't be many chances um walls would probably nick a goal um 
and we might struggle. And I think I said to you right before the game, you know, it might be one of those games where a lack of a sort of top class striker might might cost us a little bit. Is is funny that how 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 the game ended up ended up with Lacazette scoring the winner. But um, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't think it necessarily changed um, our game plan too much. And I think you know, it, like you say, it kind of played into our hands a little bit because it meant that Wolves just naturally sat off um, holding on to that one nil as long as they could. And I guess the long the longer and longer the, the game goes on, you know, we we ha- we dominated possession. We probably um, not probably we would have really essentially tired tired that the, them out i mean i noticed in the first half i don't know if you noticed it but like Erdegaard for the first 20 30 minutes was pretty quiet I, yeah a little it, it was it was it was kind of quiet more quiet than normal i didn't feel like he was getting as many touches of the ball as he normally would and dictating the play and i felt like Matinho was doing a really good job on him um and as the game went on and yeah we got into the second stage of that first half and obviously the second half he he just like took over um and he just mm. completely ran the game like he started doing um a lot this season and a lot recently um and yeah like the more the ball that we had um I feel like you know we were we were like I said very very dominant started creating chances and um yeah I think I think um yeah them going one new up to be fair to them though they had they did have some other chances um and there were some like kind of dodgy moments um but they probably like they had one in the first half after they went one new up obviously where um uh, their striker. I've forgotten his name, the guy who scored the goal. Um, Juan. Juan, I think it is, yeah. He he hit one past the post. I think Ramza might have saved him. And then they had the other one where um, I think Neto hit a left foot mm. shot and Gabriel. And came Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing, I was I was watching the first chance that you referred to and, uh, you know, it really made me think about how margins define these games, right? Because that in some ways was very, very similar to the goal we scored. The, the winner that we scored yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know effectively that shot from from juan um i'm pretty sure his name is juan right um uh, that that shot was not going in but it deflects off the underside of ramsdale's leg and and i think like just just you know deflects in a way that it very easily can deflect all the way into the corner but it's just deflected not not you know we, we've got the rub of the green there basically and essentially, you know, we won the game in the same in, in, in a very similar situation where Lacazette shot isn't going in, and it's just been touched and touched in a way in which it's sort of you yeah, know yeah. kind of curved and spun in. So it's margins with these big games. Um, do you mention the time wasting before? Like you know, because I often feel right in games like this is, is that if you're a team like Wolves, uh, you one of the one of the real skills of a team like Wolves is they they kind of stifle you, they kind of take the energy out of you a bit, and all of a sudden, 60 minutes have gone, you know, they're the away team, 60 minutes have gone and you haven't scored and you're like, oh, holy, holy hell, you know, how's this much of the game gone? Um, but, you know, effectively scoring that early, I think, you know, it, 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 the benefit was that for us, we had to, we were always trying to score a goal. We we couldn't be in, you know, just kind of like, you know, tactical second gear mode and waiting for the kill at some point. We had to really go for it. So this time-wasting thing just weirdly crept in so early. Mm. And I think the frustration from Arsenal fans on this, right, is, you know, we've had a few yellow cards, well, at least two that I can think of, for time-wasting kind of recently. Xhaka got one against Leeds. I'm pretty sure Gabriel got one against um, against Wolves. And yeah. they were so blatant in their time-wasting, weren't they? Like, it was, I don't know, if it, is it was it a masterclass to avoid the yellows? Or, or do you think the referee just was really honestly couldn't tell you mate it's a weird one it's a weird one like I always think when you know 
like okay I'll, I'll say we're the bigger team and and an away team comes to us um and they go one nil up in the way that they did and the key uh the, the referee you know he'll if the keeper's taking how many seconds he is over a goal kick over you know just releasing the ball whatever it is and it's pretty obvious what he's doing right i mean i completely get why why um uh sar's gonna do that but it's up to the ref to just book him in the first half, book him early in the second half, and then he doesn't do it anymore. He's not going to do it anymore. The game yeah, flows, and 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 the same with any other outfield player who's doing it. So it's just, I, I just, yeah, it was really, it was really, really weird. And I think I turned to you or turned to someone who I was standing next to, and I just said, you know, I bet he's going to, I bet he's going to book the keeper in like the 89th minute, which is like typical of what seems to be like Premier League refereeing standards, which have just seem to have dropped or just have, have haven't really improved or have dropped, have just been really, really bad for a long time. But you know, um, wouldn't have been surprised if they, if they. If, if the ref had booked him really late on and just, you know, for a completely pointless booking at, at that point. But obviously that didn't happen because we ended up um, coming back into the game in the last 10 minutes. But yeah, like like I said, I, I have no idea why... Like, I don't blame Wolves. Wolves are, Wolves can Wolves should should try everything they possibly can. Like like you say, we've had a couple of bookings for time wasting. Obviously, the Xhaka one is questionable. I'm not really sure about that one, but the, the yeah, I think I think it was Gabriel against Wolves the the um, the away game. And I'm sure if we go one nil, if we're one nil up at City or Anfield or wherever, absolutely 100. percent I want I want our players to time waste. I want, but then it's up to the ref to control the game, manage the game. Um, and, and yeah, a, a yellow card to the keeper stops a lot of it and he just didn't do it. I, 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 so why? I'm not sure. Not sure. You say, you, you know, you like us to do it. I know, look, I agree with you. I think it's always important to, you know, that, that teams are smart in how they manage games, but, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, I think if I was a fan and, and, you know, my team is time wasting, I mean, look, we're not peak by Munich, right? So they've got to go up, but they are time wasting for the 20th minute. Like, I, yeah, I feel okay. like that's no, no. just unnecessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, I agree. Yeah, no, I wouldn't expect us to do that. And I would, but at the same time, at the same time, um, no, not from the 20th minute, but you're going to like, it's just part of the game, isn't it? There's yeah, going to be yeah, like, you take a few extra seconds when the, like Ramsdale drops on the ball, when he catches it, he's going to take an extra couple of seconds. Probably going to see a couple of players go down for injuries just to get a bit of treatment, whatever. Like all that kind of stuff is just normal. But when it's blatant, like it's, it's like the referee needs to take into account the 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 situation of the game the context of the game or the context of the two teams that are playing each other right wolves are coming to us like you say they probably didn't expect to go one new up so and the ref should know that like the ref should realize that they're going to hold on for dear life to a one nil they'll probably hold on for a one one really so um one nil is like a fantastic result for them that's going into you know going into the 80th minute but like, like you say they were doing it from early in the first half and Ref didn't do anything to stop it, so they just carried on. And the, the weird, the really weird one was—I don't know what you thought about it—but the um, the the substitution thing. I still didn't really—I un- don't think I've even seen a replay of it. But the the Jimenez substitution, what they were—I tr- don't know if they made a mistake or someone behind us said the um, Arsenal, uh, whoever holds up the board is the fourth official. But or Arsenal, the announcer, stadium announcer called out the wrong number, but then. He was being, you know, I don't know if you heard him afterwards when he actually, when he said something along the lines of, and finally leaving the pitch, Raul Jimenez, whoever left, whoever, whoever got subbed off. But that, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I, know, yeah, I, know, exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was very strange. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that, and not having watched the game again, apart from, you know, some of the key highlights, um, that is what it seemed like happened. Allegedly, the announcer announced the wrong name and whether the fourth official did as, as well, I'm not sure. But I think Jimenez was trying to say, I'm not supposed to be going off. I'm not going off. And that maybe he took the opportunity to milk it, you know, a little bit and and take that time. Um, I've had a really interesting comments on um, 
and now I'm, I'm sort of segueing here. I, I, I was in one of the kind of saw one of the uh, comment kind of streams on on an article on Football Three Six Five. It was I saw someone who had written in and and was really like he was going mad, basically saying all oh, these Arsenal fans booing Raúl Jiménez, and you know they were so salty when people when Stoke fans were booing Aaron Ramsey. And I was like, how have you got there? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you are allowed to boo an injured player. You just can't boo because they got injured. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just because obviously, yeah, like the way all it, all it seemed like in, in that instance with Raul Jimenez was just absolutely taking the piss in, in, in you know, in, in the time he took to get off the pitch. Um, but, you know, that, that kind of nonsense aside, when we look at, you know, the Arsenal kind of performance, and there's no point, as you say, I think every Arsenal fan in the universe has just seen every highlight. It's one of those games where you watch the highlights a million times over mm-hmm. and over again. So no need for us to dissect stuff necessarily. But two things I want to talk about and, and get, you know, get your thoughts on firstly, we talked, um, you know, all the way through last year, whenever we did our pods, even at the beginning of this year about our fullback options. And, and I think we've all kind of talked about Cedric and the fact that, you know, we, we needed a Cedric upgrade and, and Cedric, you know, wasn't quite good enough. Like I think, you know, there were, there were varying points, you know, around that to, to different degrees. Um, so obviously everyone was very delighted when we got in Tommy, Tommy Asu. And I think when this back five established themselves, the Tommy Asu, Tierney, White, Gabrielle, Ramsdale back five, uh, the feeling from, you know, a lot of our fan base has been that that's great and everything, but you know, if someone gets injured, everything's going to be screwed mm. now Tomiyasu did get injured and Tomiyasu has been a revelation and he's he's missed probably more games than we thought he would and Cedric has has come in recently but credit where credit's due whether it's a system thing whether it's down to the player whether it's a combination of both he's been really good yeah you yeah, know? yeah yeah and what and what do you think that's down to? Is, it, is he playing better is it a system thing well what, what do you think um to be honest I've never been like and I think me and you have been quite similar in this. Like we've never really been that against Cedric. And I think it's Aaron who's, uh, I don't know if he's had an issue with Cedric himself, but it's always the, the, the circumstances around his, his signing. And was it a Raul Sanyehi signing or whoever it was? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, with with Jorabati. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so we obviously have those funny chats with Aaron. Aaron's well into all that kind of stuff, yeah. isn't it? Like he'll find some kind of moral <laughs> issue. Yeah, yeah. You know. We're signing Messi tomorrow. Oh man, no, no. He's, his agents like, well, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so I've yeah, like I said, I've I've never really um, like as a backup right back. Um, you know, consider and again, I always put into contact context the the sort of position that we've been in the league in the last couple of years and the level that we've been playing at in terms of um, kind of points on the board, as it were, and you know, two eighth place finishes. He's not a bad backup right back. No, he's not. He's not the answer for 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 the future, obviously, because of his age. Um, uh, but in terms of why, um, like I say, I think he's just a, he's a, he's a set, sort of seven out of ten kind of player, and I think that that's the kind of performance he's delivering. Um, he's generally pretty solid. I think he lacks a lot of pace, which I think I noticed on um, on Thursday. Get exposed. I think I said said at half time. You kind of see you saw set. We were one 0 down at that point, and um, not that I was placing any blame on him, but I sort of felt like he got exposed a couple of times. People like Podence, who I really really like, kind of very tricky player, um, exposed him a little bit. But yeah, like overall, he's been pretty solid. Um, he's not. He's not a Tommy Asu, obviously, so can't wait for him to come back in. And a little bit concerning that he was on the bench against Brentford, I believe, and then wasn't on the bench at all. Obviously, didn't play um, on Thursday. So, yeah, can't wait to have him back. I think he's a massive, massive upgrade. But, yeah, look, I mean, look, it's a good thing, right? If if Cedric needs to play another game or two and 
bearing in mind the next game's Watford. I don't know who we've got after that, but um, we should be able to manage. Yeah, and yeah, Cedric, it's it's so important that our backup players turn up and, and can be counted. And I think we've talked about how that could be our biggest Achilles heel in this, you know, in in the run for the rest of the season. Um, the fact that if you if you put our first team down on paper, actually we've got a pretty good first team. They all know what they're doing. They're all clicking, and it's that squad depth that perhaps we lack. Um, versus the likes of Man United, even Tottenham now. Um, but that being said, you know, the, the other point I wanted to discuss with you is it was substitutes that made the difference, you know, ultimately in the end. Yeah. And Pepe, I mean, let's talk about Pepe, right? Because we haven't talked about Pepe much this season because there's been nothing, nothing really to talk about because he's not really, there's been times where I've forgotten he's even existed. I'll be honest with you, right? I know, I've forgotten I know that he plays, yeah, plays yeah. for us. From being our probably best attacking player in the second half of last season mm. yeah from probably being kind of you know overall pound for pound you probably say that maybe um to going back into relative non-existence this year falling completely out of favor um not even being someone who comes off the bench when we need to win he's not you know we there's been games where we've just left him on the bench even when we've needed a goal he's gone to african nations arteta said that he's come back a, a rejuvenated completely different player like you know he, he's really he made a point of saying that someone that he can be counted on it seems like he uh you know his his partner had a baby the night before the game yeah and at 3 a.m he's texted Arteta and he said oh, I want to play tomorrow I want to make a difference mm. and he, he came on and and he was he was brilliant like he did he did exactly what he had to do didn't he yeah yeah exactly mate um yeah I, I think he came, he came he seemed to come on with a bit of a point to prove um like, like, like you said, um, like Arteta's kind of alluded to, he's, 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 he seems like a bit of a different player at the moment. Um, what it's down to, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just the fact that he's not been getting minutes. And, and even when there's been opportunities for Arteta to bring him on in certain games, he's gone with Eddie or he's gone with other players. Um, and yeah, he's not even been getting off the bench in certain games. So, so maybe he just came on and really has something to prove. But yeah, like the, the, he yeah he added a lot obviously you know he was in, he scored the first goal the equalizer and he was involved in the second goal um um but even if you take those two things away he he came on with um he just came on and was very very dynamic i thought and i felt like the times where i was most disappointed with him not that i'm picking out any particular kind of holes in his performance but the times where i was most disappointed with him was when he was receiving the ball kind of far far wide on the touchline and it felt like he wasn't really taking a player on. He seemed to be passing back or passing inside, but every time he was getting into the box and every time he was involved in what was going on to the, in the box, he just looked really, really lively and really dangerous and really, really sharp as well, which obviously you saw from the goal. Like the goal was ridiculous. When you actually think about that goal, um, the first touch and the turn is just, is, is very, very, very good. Like it's a very high quality turn. And then obviously the finish, I mean, it's not, the easiest finish because he's doing he's he's hitting the ball on the turn. Obviously, he's not that far out from goal. You'd expect him to hit the target. You'd expect him to score. But even so, the whole kind of when you look at it, when you look at the 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 sequence of events, as it were, that you know, in terms of everything he does, the decision he takes to swivel on the ball and hit it, kind of all very quickly, like one after the other. Um, yeah, like really, really impressed. Um, and I kind of didn't really expect that from him based on, like you say, he hasn't really played that much this season. He's not really looked kind of on it when he has played. So um, yeah, yeah, really, really nice surprise. And you, you, you mentioned Eddie as well. Um, similar, like um, 
the ball, the, the assist that you know he provided for, for Pepe's goal. Um, again, the, the cutback, really, really good. I mean, not something you necessarily associate with Eddie, but um, you know, it's, it's frustra- frustrating with Eddie because you do feel like when he's been given the chance to start games, he's not really taking it. It feels like it's maybe just a bit too late for him. But look, if he can offer us, you know, that kind of twenty-minute cameo um, uh, performance in in um, games going forward where we might need him, then then yeah, like we we we, we should take it because um, he's, I, I can't really, I don't think he's going to be around next season. So um, you know, and we haven't really got many other options going forward. So um, you know, yeah, if you can do that more often for us in those brief minutes that he gets, and that'd be really really helpful, I think, because it it could. Like it decide, you know, the, these little these moments decided the game on uh, on Thursday. Obviously, in the last ten or fifteen minutes. So, so, yeah. What did what did you think about both of them? I I thought that you know from a broader perspective, although winning the game was the most important thing, the second most important thing I think that came out of that game is two substitutes, two attacking substitutes, making a difference in that way. Because that is what I thought our biggest issue is going to be this season for the rest of the season. When I compare us to our rivals. That's the issue, you know, looking at that bench and going, who can come on? Or, you know, if we get any big injuries, like can Pepe step in? Can Eddie step? Like if something happens to Laka, you know, Laka, yeah, as we've said before, and, uh, you know, it, yeah, I think as we commented various times to each other during the game, Laka, Laka's performance overall, I think, you know, does um, does magnify what the benefit of having a top striker would be, you know, there were lots of opportunities that you sort of think a top striker probably takes that look, notwithstanding the fact that Laka works so hard and he works so hard all game and ultimately his persistence paid off. But again, my point is he, he is our number one striker and you worry if he, if he gets injured, can, can, you know, Eddie step in. So the fact that Eddie and Pepe made a difference for me is the second biggest thing to come out of that game. Mm. Um, I like the fact that as well, I think particularly the Pepe situation, particularly that, his performance, I think, gives Arteta a real question to say, do, do I need to start him? You know, because I didn't think Martinelli was that great. And, you know, it's always good for these players to have that competition, to know mm. that, you know, that that, that someone can it, take their it, place. It will be really interesting as well, because like you touched on it, you know, in terms of rotation, but he obviously doesn't need to rotate because of fatigue as it were like no, because yeah. of number of games in a week and stuff okay there are going to be the, the the weeks where the rearranged games come into play and we've obviously got a lot of those to to play but you know yeah at the moment we're playing one game a week if that um so yeah. um it'll be interesting because obviously if he does bring Pepe in for say Watford it's not because unless there's an injury obviously it's not because he needs to rest Saka or he needs to rest Martin it's because he's actually impressed in the like that 30 minute performance and you wouldn't you wouldn't begrudge him you know starting the next game based on what he what he gave us on Thursday, so um, yeah, that will be really really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, totally. And let's let's look forward now, mate. So it's, I think winning three out of our three last you know last three games, there is not many. There are not many Arsenal fans in the world. I think that would have said that we were going to win three out of three because Wolves are are a good team. Yeah. They rarely lose. We beat them twice. We beat Brentford in the middle. I know Brentford is struggling this season, but point is at this stage of the season any team any team has something any team has a narrative any team has a story so these days it's very difficult to sort of say even if you go and play a team like Burnley Burnley at this point know what they need to do to fight relegation sometimes fighting someone you know playing someone who is 18th is harder than playing someone who is 11th 
you know like all, all the, there's all these things yeah, to think about yeah, yeah. um and and wolves are fighting wolves are fighting for the top four um you know Bremen have been so you know we, we we've got those points what we've also benefited over the last few weeks is it feels like every week every game week if you like one of our rivals has been dropping points which is kind of expected because there's so many rivals like you said you said at the start right there's so many yeah. top four candidates um one of them is bound to drop points because these are not three or four teams going for the for the league where you're just winning week after week and it's the odd week that you slip up, you know. And to be honest, I don't necessarily rate United, Tottenham, West Ham. I'm not saying I'm discrediting them. They, I think, I think I'm not even sure if we'll finish top four and you know that whole question about that. But um, I'm not discrediting them, them. But just in terms of where they are in their kind of journey, as it were, and, um, you know, the, the hit, well, not so much West Ham, but Man United and Tottenham, obviously they've had, you know, they've, they've changed managers midway through the season. So, um, they're, they're, and they're up and down, their form is very, very inconsistent. And West Ham probably are the ones, although they've had a bit of uh, a few bad results recently, they won again today. And they they seem to be the ones that are being the most consistent. But again, it'll be interesting when their kind of Europa League factor comes back in and what happens with that. So, and how they manage their mm. squad and stuff. So it's all, so yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like we could get into the whole top four thing and, and where we think we're going to finish as a separate conversation. But um, yeah, the only point I was trying to make is I'm not like, I think it's just going to be like that every week. There's going to be obviously weeks where we drop points. We're not one of the best teams in the league as, you know, in terms of Liverpool City and, and Chelsea or Liverpool and City at least. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be very, very up and down and because of the the fixtures as well um, and everyone's played different number of games, The it's just going to keep, you know, the order's going to keep changing every weekend, which is yeah. makes it really interesting, um, makes it very, very hard for us as or hard in the sense it's, um, it's quite nervous, isn't it? Nerve wracking. To see what yeah, happens. I mean, you know, I feel I feel when I listen to your voice, I, I listen to the, you know, the subtext. It feels like you're being, you're cautious. being cautious. I am, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's that's fair, and I think that would reflect probably what a lot of Arsenal fans are are feeling, like myself included. Mm. Now, therefore, I'll be provocative in some ways, right? And and just because I know that you're taking a cautious approach, you've got Lee Dixon saying Arsenal shouldn't be looking at Man United. Arsenal should be looking at Chelsea. Now. Oh, did he? I didn't say that. Right. Interesting. Um, so the other day, Chelsea played 25, got 50 points. Arsenal played 24, got 45 points. So in theory, Arsenal win that game in hand. Let's just say our arguments, I know it doesn't all quite work like this. Arsenal win that game, they're two points behind Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, quite, quite um, uh, confidently that, you know, Arsenal don't, aren't quite at that level yet. Um but what do you, do you I mean, yeah, I what do you think about Lee Dixon's comments? Do you, do, you, do you think that we should be looking there or do you think we should still be just calming the fuck out and like <laughs> and think, just knowing our place a little bit? No, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess you put Chelsea in that category of Liverpool and City because not necessarily because yeah. of the points they've got, they're European champions at the end of the day. Yeah, world but, champions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be challenged for the title next season if they're, you know, they're not going to this season, obviously, so next season, whatever. So, so that's kind of why you put them in that bracket. Um, in terms of points... And in terms of, yeah, current situation, I mean, if you're Arteta, you're probably, you are looking, I mean, you know, it's the it's the age old saying you go game by game, right? So at the moment, game by game, we're in very, very good form. We've won our last three. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why Arteta won't be saying to the players, you know, you just kind of keep plugging away and picking up these kind of wins by a goal. You know, like we're not thrashing teams or anything. We're, we're, we're kind of, we're putting in good performances, but obviously we're not we're not smashing teams and winning three or four nil. Keep doing what you're doing and keep 
basically grinding out results, who knows what will happen. As a fan, I'm not really like, I'm personally not looking at third because I probably just don't want to set myself up for disappointment. I think like I'm not even, I'm looking at fourth and obviously I'm getting quite excited. I'm not going to say I'm not. You look at the table, you look at the games in hand, you look at, like I said, the form of some of the other teams, uh, especially Man United, especially Tottenham, it's very up and down. You kind of feel like West Ham might fall away, but you know you, that, those words could come back to bite you. So, you know, everything seems to be on for us to finish top four, right? Um, but you've got—I I just feel like you know—we have got a little bit of a small squad, um, an injury to like a Saka, an injury to an Erdegaard, an, re- an injury to a Gabriel, whatever, like an injury to a Partey. I'll, an injury to a couple of those players all at the same time, um, you know, things might get a bit, uh, you know, the, the form's going to change probably. Um, and I, I can't see our form being as consistent as it is now through for the next, what, 14 games. So that's kind of why I'm being being cautious. Um, and that's why I probably wouldn't be looking towards third at all. Um, however, saying that, it's it's really interesting because, like I said, West Ham have got Europa League, United and Chelsea have both got Champions League. Um, I mean, Tottenham haven't got any European competition, but, you know, I mean, Tottenham uh, are going to be in there. But again, like, who knows what's going to happen with Conte? There's all these, like, factors, which we're probably the most, like, settled side. Um, and we've yeah. got the least number of games to play along with Tottenham. So lots and lots of factors. And, uh, you know, it could be one injury that that changes that for, what changes it for us. You know, one, one big injury somewhere um, could really, really impact our form. So... Yeah, because I mean, if we look at the table, right? Let's just let's just recap on where we are, right? So let's forget. I agree with you for argument's sake. Let's just pretend it's not even. There's no. There's no point looking at Chelsea. Let's just look, let's look at everyone who's competing for fourth, if you like, right? Mm. Everyone else. So, um, Man United, twenty-seven games, forty-seven points. West Ham, twenty-seven game, forty-five points. So two points below. Then you've got us, twenty-four games. So we've got three three games in hand over those teams above us and we are on the same points as West Ham yeah so we're on the same points as West Ham with three games in hand so two points behind Man United with three games in hand and Tottenham are after us and they've played a game extra and they're three points below us and Wolves have now played 26 games so two points more and and, and are five points away from us so you know it is if if you are there's there's a everyone keeps saying points on the board are important you know you'd always take points on the board that is true Mm. um but if you're Arteta and Arsenal right now, if you're if you're rival teams, you're probably looking at this and saying Arsenal Arsenal need to kind of bottle this in some ways, to be honest. Because the thing is, the other teams, they still have hard games in the same way that we do. Mm. We've still got we've got hard games, but they still do too. Right? So they can still they're still like you said, they're probably like likely to, to drop more points. So do you think this now creates a weird pressure on us? Again, the bookies have us now as favourites to be in the top four. They've got Man, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal as as, as the top four currently. Mm. Um, do you feel that is, one, correct? And do you think, two, that's going to have an impact on the mentality of our players, that extra pressure? Um, do I think it's correct? I mean, you can never really argue with the bookies because I'm not going to argue with the bookies, right? In terms of the, yeah. you know, um, so, so it, it probably is keep put, you know, they've, they would have obviously looked at, looked at fixtures to come. Like you say, there's low, everyone's got big games. Everyone seems to be playing each other in that kind of those four teams are four teams that we're, we're in a group with the other three teams. We're all playing, we're playing all of them, right. Um, between now and the end of the season and we've got to play Chelsea. So, so I don't necessarily disagree with the bookies, but 
like I said, right, you go to the next round of fixtures, like next weekend, we play Watford. If we end up dropping points, that, you know, or whatever. Which could know, happen. Which, which could happen. happen. You know, they're fighting for their lives. Um, it all changes and I'm sure the odds will change as well. So, you know, I don't agree. I don't disagree with them at the moment, but I think it's going to be very, very up and down because it's so, so tight. Um, what was your second question? Sorry. <laughs> but do you think, you know, if, if, how do you think that's affecting the players? So now this kind of situation of, oh God, it's now in our hands. I don't, I, I honestly, I just think with this group, I just, I just feel like there's, um, I don't, we don't know, right? We don't know, but for everything that you're seeing, especially when we go to the games and um, like after the games, it's, it's great when you win a game, right? Because, and especially when you're great when you win a game in the last minute or in the fifth minute of um, added on time, but you do get this, you get this sense of like, they're just, like appreciating kind of every game and every win. And you think you look at players like Ramsdale, you look at players like uh, Ben White, who've come from kind of, especially Ramsdale has come from like, he's been relegated what twice, he's come from kind of lower teams in the league or in lower leagues as well. Um, White, who's obviously played championship football before at Leeds. And, you know, you know, this is his first kind of big club as it were. Um, you look at some of those, some of those, other, and some, some of those players and players that come up through the academy, they're almost like, this is just like, they're just on the journey, as it were. Like they're just on yeah, the journey, yeah. and they're loving it. Um, every win is massive. You kind of see, especially like the the win away at Wolves, the, the, the celebration after after the game. Um, you know the interaction with the fans, well, all of that. So, but we're not allowed. To yeah, say. we're not allowed. I know there's naughty, naughty, and all that. But you know, um, yeah. And so, so you, so yeah. That the impression that I'm getting is is not really like like the next big game that come like, so we go to Watford, right. And then I can't remember who we play after that, but again, I think Liverpool away is coming up, right. And that's obviously a huge game. It's always a huge game. It's Liverpool and all of that. We're not really going there expecting to win. They're now, they are now back in the title race, but I don't think that game phases any of our players. Like we went to Liverpool in the league cup and we, we picked up a very, very good uh, draw. I think it was nil, 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 right. After, um, mm. Jacka got sent off. Was it Jacka? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were raving about that defensive display. They're going to be able to draw on that experience. And I kind of, I kind of just feel like every game is like, yeah. you know, a bit of an experience. Like we were talking about, oh, when was the last time we we won in the lot, like literally at the death, and and celebrated a, a win, or celebrated a goal like that, and we couldn't really think of a the last one. And it's like their this is their kind of first time as well, almost like it's their yeah, first yeah. time going through that experience. So this is like really kind of galvanizing, bringing the squad together. They really seem to all kind of get along and like each other. All of the crap from like the last three or four years with all of the disharmony between players and manager and players not kind of turning up and doing what they should be doing and acting as professionals. All of that seems to have just just gone. And you've got players now that really seem to love playing for this club and love everything about what we're doing at the moment. So, yeah. so, yeah. so I kind of feel like that for the next 14 games, I don't even know if they're really going to be that phased. And I think when also when you're like Saka's age and when you're Smith Rowe's age, like what is there to be phased about? Like Saka's taken a penalty and missed at, in a Euros final and cost, cost I say cost you know all the three that missed um all cost us but you know the most pressure pressure penalty and and like how much kind of would he have gone through off the back of that so like at 20 years old he's already gone through that experience yep. and come back and he's not like he's not turned up this season he's been fantastic this season again so so yeah like I think when you look at all of that and and the age of the squad and everything I think they're just taking it in their stride basically and I think they'll just take every single game in their stride and I don't think like we're not, we're not, we're obviously not, we're going to have disappointing results between now and the end yeah. of the season. Um, and it is about how they bounce back from those. Um, and I just feel like expectations are being managed a little bit. 
Um, it's almost like, yeah, game by game basis, see what happens. Um, and I think it's quite good that the target was never top four. It's not like we were united where like the pressure, like the pressure is on to get top four, obviously, but it's not like we went and bought an 80 million pound striker in January. And it's, mm. and, and, and so, yeah, we're doing that with the intention of absolutely. We have to get top four, like that investment. We have to, we have to get the returns on that investment that hasn't yeah, happened. So it's kind of like, you know, there's a few things that, you know, I, I think you could look at and say, um, like the pressure isn't necessarily on. And I just feel like, yeah, like I say, they're taking in their stride. They're loving it. Um, all of these players and, um, they'll, they'll, it's almost like, let's see what happens. Let's just take it game by game and see what happens. I think that's a fantastic analysis of the mindset of the squad. I, I, I really couldn't agree more. I, I think your point about the things that Saka would have gone through, for example, you know, for him to draw on that kind of experience. And at this age, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, exactly like you say, they're not, they're not scared. They're, they're, they're fearless. Like, you know, what are they got to be scared exactly. of? Is, yeah. you know, is that question yeah. if, if we don't get top four, it's, it's, a, it's not be, the end of the It'll be disappointing. World. Of course it'll be yeah. disappointing. It'll be disappointing for everyone. It'll be dis- disappointing for Arteta, the fans. And I'm sure there'll be loads of fans that'll be coming, coming for these players, coming for Arteta. But, you know, it is what it is, right? If we don't get top four, it just means that we either fell away a little bit or there were other teams that just ended up going on a bit more of a consistent run. Man United and Man United. Man United should be easily finishing in the top four with the squad that they've got, whether they change their manager midway through the season or not. Like there's absolutely no way they didn't, they didn't spend the money that they spent, not just this summer, but previous summers and previous transfer windows. Like they bought Jadon Sancho for how much was he? Like 85 million. Right. There you go. And Rafael Varane, one of the best center backs in Europe for the last like six, seven years, whatever it's been, mm-hmm. won countless Champions Leagues and, and La Ligas. So, you know, if you, so, you know, yeah, there's going to be disappointment if we don't get top four. But again, I, like I, you know, I said from the start and you said you, you clearly noticed I'm being quite cautious about it. I'm excited. I'm buzzing for like, like you say, like there is this buzz about you're looking forward to the next game now to see what happens. You're looking at the calendar to see when's the next home game because I want to go back. You know, exactly. it's very, very different, not different, but it's, it's, it's really, really nice going to games now. It's, it's a proper, proper buzz before, during and after um, if we win. Um so that, so yeah, let's just enjoy, let's just enjoy that and kind of see what happens. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Because like, it, you know, it's again going back to the point. Every, this point of the season, every game has a narrative. Like everyone's kind of in a in a very specific spot. And I think you know, even your your point about you know, obviously we're playing Liverpool soon. I think what's really exciting about that game is for, you know, first of first of all, I think our players and our manager, and I, and I really love how Arteta said this in some of our interview in some of his interviews when we've been beaten badly by Liverpool you know he has said like he's not made excuses he has said like they are playing at a level above us Mm. right no excuses like we could have lost even more like that's the level that we need to get to and he's very clear about that right it's not it's not excuses it's not nothing and I think players know that etc etc and I think the interesting thing is now when when it comes to looking at the fixtures and how timings fall if we keep going the way that we are going whereby it feels like you know there's a good automatic to this team there's a good spirit there's good energy we're winning games at the moment that we should we should win or or could hopefully win we'll put ourselves in a position where we can probably go to and play teams like liverpool and and really have it as a free hit mm, hopefully you know, yeah yeah, yeah and, and and that can only help us because you know liverpool have now if, for them for example i'm just using them as an example the, the title race is wide open now, right? Mm. They can win the league. Mm. So they've got a lot that, that they are playing for now. They are just, and they can obviously easily win the Champions League as well. They are they are one of the top top contenders for the Champions League. So they'll have a lot that's going on. There's, there's a lot. And obviously they're a top professional side and it might not affect them. But it's nice 
for us to try and be, get ourselves in a situation where when we go and play them, the pressure is off. If we lose, it's not going to be pivotal to, you know, whether we're going to finish fourth or not. It's just a, it's a nice tab. So some of these things hopefully can, you know, if we, if we get, if, if we can set up each game with the right narrative, if we can kind of come into it in the right way, then, then brilliant. And I guess, you know, on that point, um, we've got Watford this weekend. Yeah. Um, this again is interesting, right? Like Roy Hodgson's coming to Watford. Um, you know, they looked almost a certainty to go down at the moment. They sort of look like they are one of the favorites to go down still. Yeah. Um, you know, they've played in their last five, they've lost three, one, one, drawn one. Um, but you know, the, the, their last three games, one lost, drawn. I think that's the order it goes. Uh, but again, it's at that point of the season, right, where you play a team who are in that bottom three, mm. who, who you don't necessarily, it's not, you never know, right? You never know. And Man United just saw uh, that, you you know, you can't take these games for granted. And, you know, they've just drawn uh, nil-nil with Watford. Mm. Uh, obviously, that's a disappointing result for United. They still should be thinking about winning that. But, you know, although Watford's last home game was a complete hammering by Crystal Palace, I mean, I'm not. I'm not convinced this is going to be a walk in the park. I mean, what do you think? Um, yeah, I watched bits of that United game, and um, they actually they actually looked quite decent. Um, I've not watched much of Watford, so I don't. I wouldn't be able to say, you know, kind of obviously points wise, they've they've, they've they've been poor, but I wouldn't be able to say how they've really played since Hodgson um, took charge. But yeah, they 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 looked they looked um, like they had they they created a few openings um dennis looks like a dangerous pay- player ismail lasar looks like a really dangerous player and i know he's been rated highly for a while and they do seem to have yeah a few players that cause united problems and could cause us problems so i am a little bit wary however i'm kind of i'm really confident about this game and this might come back to bite me in the ass but um yeah i i do i think we're going to i think we're going to like put a few goals past them and i think we're going to smash them i just think we i think we're going to score quite early and um and i think we'll just kind of go from strength to strength um and i can see like saka marcelli um doing bits um so i'm i'm pretty confident um and i'm normally not i'm normally not i'm normally cautious generally before games um even if it's home games that i expect we should win um i'm normally cautious of my prediction but i'm going to go three nil to arsenal but that's interesting i mean uh, you know i mean i'm i'm supportive of that logic to be honest right because actually i think we've we've done okay against watford um away in recent years i think uh there was a period where it didn't look like that was the case but i think it, it has been and when we look at watford they're a team that you think that arsenal should be okay at playing, right? They've conceded 47 goals, which is the third worst. And, you know, take into account Leeds have conceded about a million in the last like week. Um, So, you know, they're the Leeds, obviously the worst. Then you've got Norwich who, you know, bloody hell. I mean, yeah, I mean, Norwich have been like a disaster for the the first half of the season, at least. And then you've got Watford, 47 goals. There's a lot of goals to have conceded and and, and not scored too many, too many, you know, uh, for them. Mm. So, it's it's a team where we really should be being. They're not going to want to play. We're not a team that Watford would want to play right now. Um, uh, you know, in a situation that they are in, in a case where we've got a, we're fairly settled. We sort of know what we're doing. We sort of got an automatic. Um, so everything's on paper for the sort of win that you've described. Mm. But everything was on paper for us to hammer Everton when we went and played Everton. Um, you know, do you worry that this could be a you know on the back of three wins? Do you think like there's any chance of 
there, just that. there, there is. And like we, we, I've said it, right. There's going to be ups and downs. I don't think we, we're not going to keep up that form. Three wins on the bounce, obviously for the rest of the season, there's going to be games where you drop points. Um, I think like, like the Everton comparison. Yeah. It's a fair point. Um, like that game felt like it's weird. Cause when you look at their results, <laughs> if you look at their results, if you've seen it, I, I can't, I don't know. I think they've won a game recently, but it's basically like loss, loss, losses and draws all the way through. And then you've got the, the win against us, like right in the middle, which is just, like really annoying when you look back now. Um, but, um, yeah, like the Everton result was a bit of a weird one. Like we didn't, it wasn't a great performance, obviously, but it was like this, it was Goodison Park, a night game under the lights. Um, the goals they scored were ridiculous. Last minute winner, Damari Gray, all of that. So, you know, you can, uh, and I feel like, you know, they've, they've, they've put that behind them, right? They put that and the old Trafford defeat behind them. So, um, yeah, I, I like this is a, this is like, uh, yeah, I just think the, the atmosphere is going to be very, very different. I think we can pretty much quieten. Um, quite in their fans, quite, quite, quite early on. I do think we're going to score early. I mean, like I'm saying this, who knows what's going to happen? Like every single game, who knows what's going to happen? But I just feel like, yeah, um, they've like, they've, they, they don't really score that many goals as you touched on this. They're conceding a lot. Um, they've conceded a lot in the last few games. Um, and yeah, I, I'm pretty, co- I'm just, I'm just pretty confident. I think we'll dominate and we should go and win. This is the kind of game that we do have to go and win if we're going to finish top four. Like you say, there, there might be some free hits along the way, like, the Liverpool game potentially, um, but mm. to, to kind of keep our um, to keep our position essentially to make sure we're not we, we we're we're in a strong position when it comes to those games in hand. We need to win like these sorts of games, um, and then you know there's going to be tougher games where you might go to say Spurs away and sort of take a draw, or you know United come to us and a draw wouldn't be the worst result if we're already in a good position and we're a few points clear of them. And that's what and it could be that right. Like, so if you look at hypothetically, right, if we win against Watford, yeah. Man United have got Man City, West Ham have got Liverpool this weekend, right? have they? This weekend, oh right, okay, right? okay. Well, or, or, or up next, that's their next fixture. I presume it's going to be this weekend. Okay. So it's it is possible that Arsenal will be in fourth place above West Ham and Man United with three games in hand over both teams. Yeah. It's possible. So that 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 looks as a complexion that looks crazy. That basically looks on the face of it that you know you, you, we could I don't know lose to lose to Liverpool, lose to Chelsea, lose to I, I don't know Leicester. I, I don't know. I'm just making up, but and, and and still be in theory. I know again it doesn't work like this. But again, I'm sort of I guess the spin I'm trying to put. I, I'm in a similar place to you. I don't want to get overly excited about this. The problem is, the problem is, it feels like we've got ourselves in a situation now. Where if we don't do it, even though that wasn't the target necessarily for some of us at the start of the season, if we don't do it, it would require us actually losing quite a few football matches mm. um, from now to And then I wonder, then regardless of whether we finish fifth or sixth, and the situation is that actually that's okay because that's progress from last year, does the amount of matches or the amount of points that we would need to drop from now and the end of the season for that to happen, does that suddenly spin a completely different lens on Arteta's progress? Potentially, potentially, it, it's hard to say because it depends on the nature of the collapse, as it were. If it, it like like we said, right? If there's a few key injuries, that can really change things. It's obviously going to change things, and our form might turn as a result of that. 
if United seem to go on like a crazy run, okay, they've got City this weekend, but you know, if they do end up going on a really, really good run, which again, like I still maintain this point, they should be winning more games than what they're winning now. They should be in, they should be sitting in the sort of top three, like they should be challenging for the top three, not battling with us for, for fourth, basically. So, you know, that's the level of quality that they've got in their squad, in their team. If they end up going on a bit of a run, Tottenham seem to, you know, they beat City, they smashed Leeds the other day, but they're very up and down. But then, again, if they go on a bit of a run, it could just be, um, you know, a couple of teams or a team, obviously, just is a little bit more consistent than us, even though we seem to be the most consistent team at the moment. That could change. There's still quite, a, there's a lot of games to play, to be honest. You know, so there's like, what, 40, 40 odd points to play for if, around that. So, um, so yeah, um, potentially if it's a case of like what kind of happened with Emery, where we get to the last few games and there's what, two, three games left and we needed whatever it was a point or I can't remember how it all worked out now, but mm. you know, a certain number of points that would have, would have secured us top four and we just completely collapsed and it all went to shit and that palace home game and everything else that happened. Um, yeah. If that happens, then, then yeah, that's, then that, that, that's worrying. I don't see it being like that. I just see it being like, um, up and down every kind of game week, every weekend, there's going to be games where we drop points. So there might be a team or a couple of teams that are a bit more consistent than us. And they're still good teams. Like United are still a very good team. I say good team. They've still got very good players. Um, like I say, they should be higher. Tottenham have got very, very good players. Harry Kane and Son, again, like it's just, they just seem to have uh, like rejuvenated for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see their goal the other day? The, the last goal? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it was just like, yeah, Harry Kane dropping deep and playing this ridiculous, like, really, really good ball um, over the top. Son made the run, perfect timing of the run, perfect ball, um, cut out the defenders. Yeah, Son just like one touch and like finished it. And they seem to be, they had that link up again and they seem to be like, like wanting to, you know, Kane looked a bit disillusioned early in the season and he's not anymore. He clearly wants to, I don't know if he's playing for a move or whatever, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so loads of factors, loads of things could, could, could change it, could swing it. So who, who knows what the reason might be if we don't do it, but of course it will be disappointing. It will be disappointing, but I'll, I, I think if we don't finish top four this season, I'll still be, I'll still be very, very happy when you look at the, I say that now it depends on how it happens, but I, I think there's loads and loads of positives. So um, I'll, I'll, and yeah, I think I'll, I'll look at those things. It's important to keep that level head, isn't it? Um, look, I agree. Look, I think it's going to be really, um, it's going to be an amazing end to the season. I think it's going to, so many things are going to go down to the wire. At the end of the day, we've got Leeds and Everton as our last two home games. Both those teams could be battling relegation. Realistically, Everton are bang in trouble in terms of their fixtures. They've got, I mean, my friend pointed it out to me yesterday. I think all of the teams, they still have to play every team in the top eight. Oh, wow. Um, but to be fair, it's yeah. only just gone past us for us, I suppose, because we've still got we've got three. I keep thinking like we're not really that far. Like we, we're fourteen games left. I mean, yeah. but yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so they've got some they've got some very oh. tough games left. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. Well, anyway, look, I think um, I think that's that's probably it for today. I, I think you know we've covered a lot. We're obviously really looking forward to the Watford game. I think both you and I are pretty positive, and you know, I think what was your, we, we what was your prediction? To, you didn't give me a prediction. Uh, to be honest, I might match it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm going to go for um I'm going to go for 3-1 Arsenal. 3-1 to Arsenal. Okay, cool, yeah. Cool. I think I'm going to go for 3-1 to Arsenal, yeah. I think. Um and I think that um I think it's a Pepe game. I'm not sure if he'll start, but I think he'll score. I think he's he's good against this type of opposition, man. Like he's good, he's tricky, he's skillful. He gives problem. I think I think really good defenders, you know, 
probably have the skills, everything in their locker to deal with players who are that kind of, you know, that. but I think sometimes when he comes on against a certain level of fullback, I think he gives them all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that'll be interesting. And I, I'm really intrigued to see what, how we line up um, as well. Uh, it's nice having some days, you know, where we've got to kind of recover. It's, it's a good few days before the game, yeah, right? Yeah. So hopefully, and hopefully we'll see Tommy Asu again, but Cedric's been playing well. So it's not the end of the world if, if, if not. Definitely. But um, yeah. cool, mate. So I think, uh, not sure when we'll, we'll record next, but um, but hopefully uh, it will be after the, uh, what for game and not too far after. So, yeah. look, thank you everyone for joining us. Oh, and I hope you've had a- one, one more thing, on. mate. Happy birthday for tomorrow. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. Oh, and um, you know what? 20, we should also mention 23 tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> Reverse the numbers and add a bit more, right? Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it's been, I think, I, d- I think we've missed the date, you know, which is kind of annoying, but um, it's been a year just over since we started this. So, um, worth mentioning. It has. It has. I'm like 57 episodes or something like that later, almost 60, I think, um, with some of the off the cuff. So it has. It's been quite, it's been quite a fun journey. And we've got, we have got, we've got things planned, haven't we? I'm not, Mm. you know, I'm not trying to be over the top and extravagant, but we've got some rebranding going on um, in the background. We've got some ideas to just, you know, bring a, bring different types of discussion to the podcast. Uh, but hopefully not too far away from, you know, our core values really, which is that the fact that at the end of the day, like, all we are right is a bunch of people who go to the games and we're not we're not tactical experts we're not training to be coaches but we're trying to bring what we see at the games to the people who necessarily can't make games not for no lack of trying you know but you know can't do it and so you know that's that's where we're coming from and uh, and uh you know we really enjoy the support from everyone and it's been a it's been a really fun year i think you know if we reflect on the year it's just been a yeah, it's just been really fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? it has, it has, yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing where it goes, but yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, I've got a week left of unemployment before I start my new job, so every day is a Saturday, so I'm going to carry on drinking. <laughs> Enjoy, mate. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> all right, mate. Nice one, mate. See you later. Catch you soon. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.